Hello, everyone. 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome to the One Board Family Podcast. My name is Rick White. I am one of your co-hosts, and with me, as always, is a man who collects shoelaces that he steals off of people while they're walking around in those shoes. It's Ryan Gutowski. The thrill of pulling the shoelaces through the shoes while the person's not looking is part of uh, why I do it, Rick. It's not just the shoelaces. It's the action of taking the shoelace. I mean, you can explain it however you want, but it's still a little bit messed up. Like, I, I, I think you have been reported for many acts of vandalism, and you are a menace in Columbus, I would say. Um, and really, you should be ashamed of yourself. That's why they call me Dennis. No True. one calls me Dennis. I'm no sorry. One, no one calls you Dennis. No one's ever called me Dennis. Not ever. a single human being. Um, hello, What's Ryan. Up, Rick? I, I, you know what? You know, life is existing right now. You know, we're 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 getting through. <laughs> Things are happening. Life is yeah, yeah. life is. You know, we're doing it. We're doing but, it. We're doing yeah. the best we can. Yeah. You know. So we're recording this podcast a little different than we've done in the previous ones. Um, we are going to go straight through. We're not going to, we're going to have less editing. I think one of the things that's been slowing us down recently has been just taking time to edit the show. And so we're going to do this as a test run and maybe the next one is a test run. And we're actually using Zencaster to record this way. I don't have to uh, sync up our audio Yay. this time around. So it, it may be a little bit of a drop in quality, but we will see. Well, it would noticeable. require us to have any quality whatsoever to begin with. So, you know. That's true. I was not talking about the quality of us. Oh. More the quality of the audio. Oh, okay. So it like <laughs> it's crap that sounds good is what you're saying. I understand. That's exactly right. It's, it's, <laughs> you can expect the same level of garbage to come out of our mouths. But just expect it to go down in quality also. There we go. So. There we go. Well, Ryan, so Rick, what you been playing, man? Ryan, I'm, gonna, I'm jumping at the opportunity. You know what? Yeah, you beat me. Um, yeah. Ryan, I've been playing more Board Game Arena. We did some Tabletopia, you, me, and Bob. Um, yep. And that was fun. But Board Game Arena just works a lot better on my computer. I'm not going to lie. Uh, whenever okay. I play Tabletopia, my computer uh, whirs at me a lot. Um, and I think that's the technical term for it. Or just that's a good noise to play on a uh, podcast. Um, mm-hmm. So I've been on BGA and I've been playing La Granja. Um, not La Granja, as many people uh, probably say. At least I don't think it's La Granja. That's not how you say those words in Spanish. Um, <laughs> but La Granja, which is um, kind of, I mean, it's not an old game. I mean, I think it's like 2015. Um, 2014, okay. it was released. So it's ancient game. Ancient. Yeah. Well, I guess in board yeah. game terms, sure. Um, and um, I think it's a game that didn't have a whole lot of uh, copies made. Um, maybe I'm wrong, um, but at least it's... I was going to say it's hard to find, but I'm looking at it's on Amazon right now. Um, so maybe all of this story <laughs> that I have really, in my brain is made up. It's really difficult to find. You can only play it on... Oh, this is it for 1995. Never mind. Um, I'm going to read the description from BGG because I don't, uh, I, none of this is made, I did not know any of this. Players control small farms by the Alpitch Pond near the village of Espo- Esporeles on the islands of Mallorca. Sounds accurate. Yeah, there we go. So basically, it's a kind of a farm building game. Um, I love farm building. Yeah. Um, I 
I'm trying to think of other farm building games I know um, besides Agricola, which I actually don't really like that much. Um, I know. Maybe Dice Harvest. That's the only other farm game. Those are two very comparable games, though. Um, But uh, I really like Lagranha. It's um, one of those games where you... You know, like with Castles of Burgundy, when they tell you like it's only five rounds and you're like, oh, this game will be over so fast. And you're like, (laughs) no, silly rabbit. It will not. Um, LeGrandha kind of has that thing going for it where it's a game played over six rounds. But um, each of the rounds I've played, um, even with people that are kind of going, 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 um, and it's it took an hour and a half to play, which is fairly long for a BGA game for me. Um, Mm -hmm. But um, in the game, you're kind of managing your farm. And uh, one thing that is the thing that kind of really makes it stand out, each of the cards that are in the game, uh, you all have a player board. And on the left side are fields that you're adding that are going to grow crops. On the top of the board, you're adding carts so that um, basically like you're going to fill it up with goods that you'll then deliver to the market and get points for and stuff like that. On the right side are some ways that you can increase your farm's production um, by allowing you to make more deliveries or increasing your money, uh, your income, or how many pigs you can have. And at the bottom are workers that you can have three of that um, provide you with like rule-breaking kind of things. Um, Mm -hmm. But what's cool about it is every card in the game has all four of those things. So you, when you have a card in your hand, you basically have four cards in your hand and you have to consider what, uh, which of these aspects of the card do I want to use? So like on the left side of the card, it's the uh, crop that you could grow. So you can tuck it in under your little player board and you've added that part to your field, um, to your farm. Um, for the workers, there's like a, some script at the bottom of it. And if there's a gap, three little gaps on the bottom of your player board so that you can tuck those player cards underneath and you can see kind of what your helpers are doing. So I thought that's a really cool thing where you're yeah. really having to decide, you know, what is it that I want to use this card for? You know, the helpers are all, you know, you want all the helpers because they're also help. They really are very helpful. Um, you want to be able to deliver things, you know, fill, uh, orders that you can deliver and get points for. Um, but you also need to kind of, you've got to have a good balance. And so it's one of those games where there's like a million different ways to go about doing things. Um, and you kind of have to play it by what cards did you get that game? Um, there's also the main board has some markets available and three of them are closed at the beginning. Um, so like that changes the way that you can play because um, the things that you can deliver to the market kind of change up it's a really good game i'm hoping to teach you guys the game sometime soon um it's it's fun it's definitely on the heavier side um it if anybody struggles with analysis paralysis um it's gonna destroy you um because i'll just sit there forever um but i'm that's a game that i'm playing uh on a turn-based uh right now on bga um, and it's probably going to take a month to finish the game, but I mean, it's still really fun. And I like still checking fun, in yeah. and making sure that I can uh, have the chance to play. I was going to say, does it feel like, does it feel like farming, but then the fact that you didn't know it was a farming game. Well, I knew it was a farming game, but I didn't know. I, like, to know. I didn't know the part about like where you're supposed to be and like oh, okay. what you're like, where is this set? I mean, you're building a farm. It doesn't really matter where you're building the farm. That part has okay. nothing to do with it. Um, but yeah, you're just kind of growing crops, delivering them, trying to maximize your points. 
Um, it has a kind of dice-based uh, worker, or uh, I guess, resource system where um, on a turn, like nine dice are rolled. Well, number of players times two plus one dice are rolled and so you pick a dice and it corresponds to an action you can take like an income so yeah. you can get a pig or you can get some you know uh you can get money um and then yeah. the cool thing is the one leftover die everybody gets that one um and so it's kind of like this nice you know making the right decisions you know coming up with a plan being able to adjust mm-hmm. it, that kind of thing yeah well, speaking of farming, but not in the board game sense, I downloaded uh, Farming Simulator 2019 because it was a free PSN game of the month. Wow, that is hot trash, man. Really? I was, I'm so uh, sorry. Well, I kind of knew it going in. Well, no, I didn't know that. Anyway, it looks really cool. I'm into gardening, which is not farming, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't realize. I thought, I thought gardening was just bigger farming no uh, like a smaller version of farming it's not um i downloaded farming simulator 2019 got totally lost spent an hour doing half the tutorials and i think i'm gonna go delete it off my system because man man, i got overwhelmed you just that i was playing way too much of that you got into a while back that's far oh uh animal stardew uh, valley stardew Stardew valley Valley. no stardew valley is my shame i love that yeah okay that's farming so i mean you know yeah i like i like stardew valley but i'm not about farming simulator yeah um part of part of my you know farming simulation i need magical powers involved so yeah that that farming simulator is some something else uh anyway enough of that uh let's talk about another board game Exchange. Uh, Exchange is a game that was released, I believe, in 2018, I think, is the original BGG. I, I'm not going to look it up. Uh, facts. Well, I can tell you that when you podcast. look up the word exchange on BGG, um, there's way too many things that come up. So That's true. You have to Negative points on the title. Is it a black box with a money sign on it? Yes. There's, my, uh, there's like three arrows. There's blue, green, and red. I think. No, made maybe by a bicycle. Made by bicycle. Yep. Okay, I'm seeing something that was 2014, but it, this could be something different. So keep know. going. Anyway, uh, so Exchange was put out uh, earlier in the 20 somethings, and uh, it was, uh, from what I can tell from reviews, it was it was relatively well like accepted like people dug it um but the artwork and stuff like that it was just very minimalist it it was just kind of like fancy scripts white off white paper stuff like that um the premise is that you are in the stock market you are stockbrokers from the late 1700s at the beginning of wall street uh, apparently there were part of the story is uh, there were 24 people who started wall street and uh, these these people were trading in insurance and bonds and uh, what was the other one uh, banks banks bonds and insurance banksy and so those are the three what now banksy banksy yes yeah. trading in banksies okay um but you're trading these three different stock types. And so bicycle is actually re-releasing this game under bicycles, uh, you know, board games by bicycle or whatever the moniker is. Um, I actually, they're, they're putting out 
two or three games this uh this spring and this is one of them exchange is one of them and another one is called the alpha i was actually super impressed with the artwork in the alpha alpha so i requested that one to review uh for one board family and we actually got both uh exchange and the alpha at the same time so i was like i was actually not at all wanting to play the exchange. Uh, there was nothing about the premise that made me excited about it. Um, Aaron, myself and Josiah and Kendall sat down to play it. It's, it plays, I think three to six players. Mm-hmm. We played it with four. It is a really, really good game. Like I was very impressed. Uh, one of the things that bicycle uh, I've seen the, I've, we've gotten most of the games that bicycle has put out. I have not been very impressed with the quality of the gameplay of these games, but I've, I've every single time I've been very impressed with the components and the quality of everything. So what you're getting is this stock ticker, uh, the stock board, which um, everybody has sitting in front of them and you are adjusting your stocks up and down. So if you buy bank stocks, you're adjusting those stocks up on your stock uh, on your board uh, to show how many shares you have. And so the boards are really well made. They're double lined. You've got this inset like slider that slides really nicely and everything. Um, The cards are good quality. Uh, You've got these little sleeves that uh, the game plays in five rounds and each round has three phases. Phase one, you're making a statement. You're saying, I'm going to deal in banks this round or bonds this round. Okay. So I'm going to secretly put the bonds card inside phase one envelope and then phase one, everybody flip it. Everybody's like, okay, Ryan is trading bonds. He's trading, he's buying or selling bonds this round. I have that information now. Then phase two, you're going to secretly show whether you're going to buy or sell but you're not going to give a number. Uh, The number is hidden from all the other players. So phase two, everybody flips. So now the whole table knows that I'm selling bonds this round. Okay. Now this is the screw you part of the game. Oh, everybody puts, yeah. Uh, Everybody puts a third uh, phase card in there for the third phase. You put a card in there saying what, what stock type you're going to adjust up or down. And so everybody has an opportunity to make the market change based on what that card says up, up one point or down one point. And what's so interesting about this game is that the stock go stock wraps around when the stock bottoms out, it will actually go to the opposite side and become very high valued stock. Whereas if the stock is overpriced and it hits like that $90 mark, it actually flips and goes to $10 a share. So there's this, there's this economic thing that you have to look at how many people are dealing in the stock. What are people wanting to do? Or is there anybody at the table that's going to make my stock choice plummet? Should I counteract that? There's a lot of guessing in this game, but the game plays really, really well. Like it it is, it's this hidden knowledge game and this like, you know, take that mechanic. I really dig it, man. Like, and, and what was cool about it is the exchange when you have younger kids, you know, my kids are teenagers now, 
but we were talking about stocks and bonds and how that works and how the stock market works and how something could be overvalued and why it would decrease in value if people overvalued it. Um, so it was, a, it was actually a lesson as we were playing the game, mm-hmm. but the exchange was really impressive. Uh, nice. I know I'm hoping to do, I was planning on doing a review for the wild. I mean, uh, the, alpha. the, the alpha, which just heads up, not hearing it's great. Um, but we're planning on doing a review for that one, but I'm actually going to go ahead and do a review for the exchange also, because I was really impressed with the game. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. And honestly, at a, at a six player count, I could see this game being like a go-to party game with people who are into that kind of backstabbing mentality. Mm, you know? Nice. Kind of uh, like, uh, I, I really liked it. Yeah. Kind of like, uh, what's that? game where you're playing like mobsters and stuff why is it not coming to my head oh uh we we gave that to some friends of ours who love that game um it's not that cutthroat yeah yeah well that's what i was thinking it's like that game which why is it not coming to my head um i can't remember it's the mobster game with you can go on the lamb um yeah and you make the line of people and they yep yep that one um that one yeah, like that kind of cutthroat though thing. Like we, there, I I've met people that love that game, and they're just so yeah. mean to each other while they're playing it. I think um, maybe you know having a game where you have that opportunity. Yeah, and maybe it's a little yeah. on the lighter side. Uh, that could definitely so, work. Yeah, and it it is a light game. Like this is not a super heavy game. It's the stocks go up or the stocks go down. There's not a lot of um, there are these market forces cards that come out before the end of a round, and the market forces cards adjust the market in some meaningful way, and it could ruin somebody if they put their resources in the wrong thing. And so one of the uh, one of the situations that happened for us was that I was dealing in a specific, let's say I was dealing in insurance stock. And so I had all this insurance stock that I was going to unload. And I knew that if I pushed the stock all the way to the bottom, I would be able to wrap around to where I could sell the stock at its highest value. That was my plan. The problem was that Josiah saw what I was doing and he put the insurance to go up one one point in, in the stock market. Mm-hmm. And so what happened was our two cards basically interacted and canceled each other out. And so I ended up selling, I think, seven or eight shares of stock for $20 a piece instead of $80 a piece. Darn you, just said. I mean, I lost $60 on each of my stocks. Uh, it was really like that was monumental. I, that, I mean, I ended up losing the game. But and then I grounded it. And then I grounded him. No, but that was in the second round, and I just couldn't believe it. I was like, I had all this possible money sitting in my hands, and uh, got screwed out of it. So yep. I hate it when anyway. that happens. Well, yeah, so that was the exchange. Well, so. Ryan, like we said, we're not going to have any breaks in this show. We're going to just yeah. smoothly slash awkwardly transition into the next topic, um, and that is. Um, a gaming magazine that we have previewed that we kind of wanted to put on people's radar. Yeah. So everything board games is a website and uh, they are actually coming out with their very first magazine. Uh, It's going, I don't believe there that there's a plan to actually have a printed magazine, but it's going to be a digital magazine. Uh, The formatting looks really good. Um, Mm -hmm. So everything board games, they have uh, just a, 
a, a wealth of game reviews and things like that on their website. Um, but this magazine is actually going to be going to Kickstarter to get some funding um, to get its first issue out the door and get its first year of year of uh, magazines uh, ready. Um, so, Rick, you and I look through it. We kind of um, I, I'll start off by saying that there was a section in the beginning of the magazine called Hot Shots, uh, I think is the the that section um, just looking at board game artwork, really yeah. good pieces of artwork. I love that. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I think that's something that I miss in our current, uh, like blog format. Mm-hmm. You know, I miss that magazine, that editorial style where you're showing a piece of artwork or you're showing something really nice and you have some descriptive text to it. And it's just, it fills the page with color. Um, so I was really a fan well, it's of One of, of those things section. that where you're wanting to have that like magazine in your hand. Like I was looking at one of them that was yes. like a two page piece of artwork and I was like, God, I mean, digitally you can only do so much with that you know where it's not going to be as big as you want it to be um and all that so yeah i was like and and yeah i didn't know anything about this magazine going into it but it really kind of you know the magazines that were huge for me growing up were video game magazines like i would wait by the mailbox for my game informer you know every every month um and it really kind of reminded me of those um, where, yeah. um, just kind of some of the layouts and stuff that they did, they've done some really cool stuff here. Um, you know, they've got little things like a photo of the month, um, you know, a, uh, they've got little like sections, uh, th- like that. And there's a top five list of the month, a mm-hmm. cardboard upgrades, which I think is pretty cool. Just talking about some different ways you can kind of yeah. uh, upgrade your, um, uh, upgrade your components of a game some little interviews here and there and stuff. So I think it's all really cool. Um, and, uh, I, I was impressed like going into it, you know, magazines kind of feel like a lost kind of medium and something that maybe there's not any room for anymore. Um, but this definitely, um, the layout of it really caught my attention. Um, yeah. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really dig, you know, um, so far, so because this is only a preview, it's not not every aspect of the magazine. There's some advertisements and things like that where there's space made for those um, through the Kickstarter. But I think that they are they're doing a good job with layout, with you know different articles and different article types. Uh, you mentioned the uh, cardboard upgrade. I like that because when I looked at that section, I didn't feel like it was out of touch with with the people that they're trying to talk to. So, you know, honestly, there are some times where I jump into a blog and I'll look at something and I'll be like, they're speaking way over my head because there are certain games that I've never even played. Or this is like, well, you have to upgrade it this way and you have to spend $600, you know, but then there's also other, other blogs that are just like, okay, you can upgrade your tokens by 3d printing some, I, I know that. You know, they're, I get that. So it was almost like they were speaking to not only the collector, but also to the person who is like, I own 20 hobby board games and Mm -hmm. I love my 20 hobby board games. And so I thought it was a good, they, I think they're getting the voice right. Right. You know? Well, and I also like, you know, like they have their reviews, the reviews kind of look like a video game review would look. 
Um, yeah. Uh, and you know, the having like even scores, a final verdict, that kind of thing. Um, you know, like we don't really do scores of, as, as part of our review system, um, for different reasons, but it's not because that's not a viable method. Like, um, I think it's just a different way to do stuff. Um, and I like that that's the way they've kind of gone with it here. Um, I also like that in their reviews, they also kind of give links in the, to other reviews and it's not just things that are new. Um, you know, it can be tricky sometimes. Yeah. Like, um, uh, hardback is in here, which is a Tim Fowers game that I, you know, have been wanting to check out, but it's a couple years old. Um, you know, uh, kids on bikes is on here. Um, there's a few other things, you know, just stuff where it shows that we're not just, you know, in it for the here and now we're talking about, you know, Mm -hmm. board games and things that you may have heard of things you may not have. Um, it's, I think it's a really cool idea and I think people, um, will enjoy checking it out. Um, and it seems like it's going to be a fairly accessible, not, not super expensive kind of thing. Um, so I think people should definitely check it out. Actually, I think the magazine's going to be free if I'm thinking correctly. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be backed by ads. Um, if I'm, if I'm correct in, in my thinking. Um, so you know, and and honestly, this isn't the first board game magazine to be published in a digital format. You know, Casual Game Insider is one that's been around for a while. And so, and there was another one that I actually, a couple of years ago, I used to download each time it would come out. I think it was every other month, similar to what, uh, what you know, this, this magazine is going to be doing, you know, everything board games is going to be publishing bi-monthly. And so... I think that's a good cadence. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's one concern, and I, I mentioned this concern to you before we started the podcast. I think that the ma- the magazine format and Kickstarter don't exactly mesh well together, mm-hmm. uh, and that's a concern. That's a concern of mine because I think you can't. First of all, you can't publish a board game magazine and ignore Kickstarter because right. Kickstarter is such a huge part of the industry at this point, but you can also mess yourself up by focusing half of a magazine on Kickstarter and then it being old news three weeks after publishing. Right. You know? um, because once a Kickstarter campaign goes out there, it, there's only a limited amount of time that some of that content's relevant when you're asking some of the same questions about what do you expect to, you know, what do you expect to do in this Kickstarter campaign? What kind of stretch goals are you looking at and stuff like that? Well, we already know, right. You know, the Kickstarter campaign is, is halfway over by the time the magazine gets out, right. You know, so they have to, they have to almost have a huge jump, a huge lead on these Kickstarter projects. And, and, you know, maybe with time that'll happen, you know, where, companies that are planning Kickstarters have, you know, their stuff where they can share it with this magazine, even maybe before like people like us get it where, cause we can, you know, our content is it's shelf life is generally shorter than what you would expect out of a magazine. Yeah. You know, the idea of a magazine I think is that you'll get to go back and read it a couple times, but yeah, like I'm looking right now and a Kickstarter, you know, is discussed on here and even a link to the Kickstarter page is discussed and I was like, oh, that looks interesting. Maybe I should check that out. And the campaign's already over. 
So like, yeah, yeah. you know, is there even a point to linking to that Kickstarter at that point? It's, it's, I don't know. It, it just, it definitely is going to be very tricky, but I mean, I still think it could be useful for people, you know, especially people that maybe don't mind, you know, shopping secondhand on games, you know, going back, looking at this and putting it on their radar for something that they get to later. Um, but yeah, it definitely would be better for them if, if once the magazine goes live, all of the things that are Kickstarter mentioned are either yeah. not yet there or are in the middle of at the beginning of their campaign. Yeah. And, and I can't remember because I don't feel like editing this episode and I know I'll look like a doofus. Um, I don't remember if I said, uh, you know, casual game insider was free or not. I can't remember if I said that or not, um, but it's actually PDFs are three ninety nine. Buy and print, buy print and PDF is six ninety nine. So actually, that's a pay for magazine. But there are other there are other board game magazines in the industry that are free that have digital free copies. So um, I can't remember if I said that it was a free magazine or not. But no. I'm not going to go it's back okay. and correct we'll, my we'll, statement. Yeah, we'll so. just judge you. You're fine. Um, yeah. But yeah, so anyway. maybe you know it looks like it's their funding campaign is going to Kickstarter soon. Speaking of timing, yep. you know we're. We're getting this out to you before it goes to Kickstarter. Um, and so that could be something that maybe you check out. And, you know, we've had some interactions with the people at Everything Board Games. Seem like pretty cool folks. So, um, yeah, check that out. Well, Ryan, Definitely. our last segment of the day is to talk about conventions. Now, some people might say that's a really stupid thing to talk about right now because <laughs> what kind of conventions are you going to be going to? Um and yes, it's true, you know, like Origins is not going to be happening uh, at its regu- regularly scheduled time um, in the same way that it always has. So our fun adventures to Ohio will be postponed for now. Um, yeah. But, you know, there's still opportunities for us to kind of learn about new games. And there are um, some oppor- some events and things that are happening virtually, Ryan. Yeah. So, uh, CMON Expo is one that Rick, you and I went to last year. Um, I was not the biggest fan of CMON Expo <laughs> or come on Expo. Um, but that's okay. Uh, because they're actually doing, yeah, they're doing a virtual expo actually May 16th and 17th. So, uh, we're recording this on the 12th. And, uh, so this this coming weekend, they're going to have a virtual expo. So CMON Expo is still going on, but in a virtual space. Um, I'm interested in seeing, obviously, each of these expos that are going to be going on are going to have some big announcements and things like that. That's, that's the thing people are coming for. Um, another thing is that people are going to be looking for discounts on games and, uh, and special exclusives from these virtual expos. So Definitely. I think if you are one of those people who has, you know, FOMO, fear of missing out because people are going to expos all year long, like Rick and myself, we only go to two a year at best, you know, so we're not traveling all over the world to go to all these things. But the virtual expos give us an opportunity to t- attend more of these things and get more of the exclusives and look at more of the games. It's just going to be interesting how the formatting of them comes out. And honestly, who does it well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's definitely going to be, um, 
it's going to be a different experience, you know, and there is certainly something to be said about, you know, being at a place in person, you know, board games are a tactile experience. Um, yes. And I think companies are going to have to get very, very creative, um, you know, with how they're sharing their their new games and what they're, ev- you know, what is even their publishing schedule? You know, like, is it makes sense for us to put out a party game right now when we don't know when people will be able to have parties again? You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, and so, you know, perhaps we can find out a little bit about um, what is, you know, going on with these companies as far as their changes to their production schedule and just, but, and still, I, I do think they're going to do their best to kind of get us excited about, um, what's coming out. Um, and so maybe help us feel like things are going to get back to normal somewhat soon. I'm hoping a lot of these conventions, we're going to go through a couple other ones in just a second. I'm hoping a lot of these conventions are more than like just a PR push. You know, I'm hoping that they actually engage the community and, and network people together. Um, Another convention that's coming up at the end of May, May 23rd through 25th is con of champions. This is going to be a convention, a virtual convention to support tabletop events, the tabletop events website. Uh, So con, of champions is actually going to be more of a fundraising opportunity um but there there are some companies and and game manufacturers that are behind that so con of champions is something you can check out may 23rd through 25th then rick what about renegade con that was announced just this past weekend i think Perhaps. I, I don't know anything about any of these, so oh, I can just so. say, yeah, uh-huh. I mean, I know a little bit yeah. about the last one, a very little bit, but I know nothing about Renegade Con. Yes, so, Ryan, Renegade, what about it? Renegade Game Studios has is putting together Renegade Con, which is June 5th through the 7th, uh, so there's going to be some exclusive there, exclusive there, and uh, Renegade Game Studios, we love, we love the, the things that they're putting out, and so um, that's going to be interesting to see what they bring to the table June fifth through the seventh. It's going to be during the weekend. Uh, they've got, uh, I've seen, I've seen just a little bit of information. I think it was originally announced last week or maybe this past weekend. So Renegade Con, stay tuned for that one. And then Origins Online is going to take place June nineteenth through the twenty first. Origins itself has actually been moved to October. Uh, so our hopes are that. If things go well, uh, we will be up in Ohio uh, in October covering Origins again this year. Um, but Origins Online is June 19th through the 21st, and they are actually going uh, pretty heavy into video production. And, uh, you know, um, Mike Primo is a friend of ours, um, and he's actually, uh, I think, heading up a lot of the video content. There's going to be all kinds of guests and, you know, Jeremy Howard is one of the guests, uh, Christian from, uh, take your chits is, um, uh, is on there. There's a bunch of video content that they're putting together in different hosts and things like that. So that's going to be interesting to see how origins online goes. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, I, I do think these companies, like I said, are being creative, are trying to seek ways to, you know, it's, and, and I mean, these are obviously board games are, you know, a hobby and there are many things going on in the world right now, but there are many people that are in that work in these conventions that are out of jobs and, you know, things 
there is a lot of money that, you know, changes hands at these things and that's not going to happen now. Um, So I, I am glad that we're able to kind of do some things, you know, that will allow us to continue to support people, continue to, um, you know, keep the hobby going during this weird time. And plus, you know, I do think, you know, this, I think it's healthy for us to have distractions during this time, things that um, allow us to feel a sense of normalcy or take what is our everyday life. And, you know, let's, let's do something different. Let's not get stuck in the monotony that's really easy to fall into right now. So, um, I, you know, if you're interested in games and maybe you've never done a convention or anything before, you know, maybe check some of these out and it can be a little taste for something that maybe you check out, um, in the future, um, maybe attending one of them in person. Yeah, that's right. So very cool. Well, I am excited to check out these upcoming conventions. We're going to have, uh, if you look in the show notes, you'll see a list of those dates. And uh, if you have any other conventions, uh, virtual conventions that are going on this season, be sure to list them in the uh, comments of this episode and we'll add them to the list. So, um, Rick, that'll just about do it. I'm looking forward to not editing this episode very much and putting in bumpers and all that stuff. So this episode will be um, pretty straightforward, and hopefully that means that it gets to your beautiful ears a lot quicker. I don't know. Some of our listeners might have ugly ears. That's true. Uh, But if we flatter their ears, maybe they'll become Patreon donors. Oh, please. You can become become a Patreon donor. If you become a Patreon donor, I will flatter your ears at least once a week, if that is what you ask. Yeah, he'll he'll send you text messages about how good your ears look. That's actually one of the tiers. Yeah. uh, Patreon, the ear tier. Um, So, patreon.com slash onebordfamily. If you like what you're hearing, you'd like to support us. Um, And uh, Rick, why don't you tell us where they can find us across the web? Um, You can find us on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram, on... I feel like I'm missing some uh, Twitter? on Twitter. We have a Twitch now. Um, I haven't done it in like two yeah, years, but you we started, had one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You started a Twitch. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Um, and you know what? We've even got, you know, Bob's been doing some fun things with a discord chat. You know, we've got all kinds of yep. stuff. If you want to play games online with us, let us know. We're totally doing that with people. Um, we are not fancy. We have no, you know, we're not important in any way. So let us know. We can show you That's the ropes true. around some of these things. We're even looking at possibly doing some how-to videos in the near future. So um, if those are things you're interested in, let us know. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Until next time, we will see you at the table. We all bring something to the table. Pull up a chair at punchboardmedia.com.